Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another This Freaky Show. I am your host, Travis Day, and alongside me this evening, The Freak Joe. Is it weird saying The Freak Joe instead of saying And The Freak Joe? I, 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 I twisted it a little bit there. Yeah, I don't know. I I did hesitate a second. Right, right. See, I just like to I just throw some curveballs, a little bit of sliders, maybe a knuckleball once in a while. Baseball terms, mm-hmm. Joe. Baseball terms. But we're here with uh, episode three of the This Freaky Show series for 2022. I uh, hope you guys are enjoying uh, these because this is my favorite, um, I guess, podcast concept of the year. Uh, I think it's the one we commit to the absolute most too. I think it's been consistent since not the I don't think the first October, uh, but at least the second I think. Oh yeah, you, I mean at least then. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, but we are here. Uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, uh, some I guess creating our our perfect Halloween. Uh, we're supposed to have a guest on this week, uh, but we went ahead and moved it to next week because one of the guests weren't able to make it on. And I do want to have both on here to kind of give their ideas on how the uh, podcast is going to go. I mean, it's okay to talk to just the one, but I'd rather have both uh, podcasters on. So we're moving on to next week. I am actually in talks right now. I, I guess we can give a quick rundown of what we're doing. I, I think we can do that. It's our show, yeah. right? We can do mm-hmm. that shit? Cool. Yeah, I think we can do whatever we want. Fuck yeah. So next week we're going to have the two girls on who are going to be creating a new podcast called Babes of Lore. We're going to be talking about uh, haunted things and ghosts and monsters and stuff, as well as kind of recapping episodes of Supernatural to go along with the uh, ghosts and monsters that they're talking about. So I'm excited to see how that is. And I'm really excited to kind of talk to them because I remember uh, starting out podcasting and everything. Uh, it was a lot, ner- it was it was really nerve wracking. And like, how do I get started? How do I get this? And it was kind of cool because uh, obviously, Joe, you you were podcasting for I think two years before before you uh, we started the show. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. So at least you were here to kind of help guide through everything. And GCR kind of helped out a little bit. And at the time, we had Derek, uh, who knew a little bit about audio and shit, kind of help out along the way. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be that person for these girls, you know, willing to help out because yeah. I I felt really exactly. I felt really good about doing it when uh, we tried to do Pretty Little Freaks before they fucked that up. Not me. I didn't do it. They did. <laughs> um, but it's pretty. It, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool feeling to like try to do that, and especially like talking to Clint about getting him motivated back into doing podcasting because I did love hearing his podcast and his show and stuff. So I'm going to see how much I can really get him back involved in podcasting. Maybe we get him mm-hmm. back in the show because it's been a while. Uh, after that, uh, I'm in talks with Kitsukami right now. If you guys remember, she was a podcaster or a cosplayer who was on our show. I want to say a couple of times. I think this was when uh, it was just me for like... Yeah, I think it was during months. the hiatus. Yeah, so it was, just, it was just for like the few months I was on my own, I did this entire cosplay uh, series. And Kitsukami was one of those. She actually had two different names in two different uh, interviews. She was something the first time, and then she changed her name to Kitsukami when she came on the second time. But uh, she has, uh, she was asked to be part of a web series about Power Rangers. And I watched the first episode, and so much 90 nostalgia fucking came back from that. Like, it instantly brought back the whole Power Rangers fucking mindset. Like, the 
the battle scenes and the goofy music and everything, like so much fucking nostalgia. Um, nice. And she she went out to me and said, "Hey, I don't know if you're interested, but I did this Power Ranger thing. I'm involved in this Power Ranger web series. Uh, if you have any interest, I would love to come on the show and talk about it. And I can bring some of the cast on." And I was like, "Well, let me see the show. Let me see how I feel about it." Watched it, fucking loved it. Instantly, I messaged her back. She not saying, "I fucking love this." I want you on. Let's do this. So that should happen uh, the first week in November. But Joe, we're also planning Sweet. somebody else. Uh, I guess new to, new to us, uh, new to me, not new to you, but new to me to come on this show. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, we're hoping. So uh, some good friends of mine over at um, their comic shop is Wayward Raven. Let me actually double check their website. But Wayward Raven is the name of the comic company. Uh, let's see if that's their their website wayward yes waywardraven.com <clears throat> um they're uh really cool dudes they were actually the uh the first guests that we ever had over to our geekcast live um kind of amazingly all those years ago and uh they are running a kickstarter for a comic book anthology called we suck at comics and basically the concept is there's all of these comics that they've put together over the years and uh, that have not been picked up, that no one, nobody's produced them yet. And so they're just like, you know what, we're going to produce it ourselves and we're going to invite people to contribute. And so uh, uh, they've got a lot of great writers and, and comic book makers who um, have been rejected from other places who are going to be able to publish in this place. And then uh, GCR actually wrote a comic, and uh, he wasn't sure where he was going to be able to publish, and just happens to to talk to them about it at the right time. And so uh, uh, GCR is going to have a comic in the middle of that anthology too. So it's on Kickstarter right now. It's called We Suck at Comics, and uh, I'll make sure I can get a uh, I'll send you a link to put in the show notes. But uh, we're hoping that you know uh, they're they're running the the Kickstarter for the next thirty days or so. And so uh, I'm going to see if they want to come on and talk in a couple weeks. Yeah, it should I, be good. If I remember right, I, th- I think I looked at it yesterday, and so let's say the 19th because we're recording on the 20th right now. I want to say it was 29 days from that point. So I think we're looking around somewhere between like November 15th, 16th, 17th, somewhere in there. Yeah, somewhere uh, in there. So uh, yeah, so if we could get them on um, in a couple weeks, it'll give us time to help them promote the Kickstarter and everything. But uh, the because fucking Kickstarter, uh, how do I explain it? Uh, you donate money and you get shit for being a contributor. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 actually a pretty fair price on some of the stuff on what you're getting. Like I think for like sixty five dollars, you get like a hard copy of it, but you also get like a uh, I don't know if it's called donor's credit or whatever it is inside the book. Oh yeah, and yeah. I well, can, and for for just twenty five bucks, you can get a copy of the book and a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A oh a PDF that's the word why can't I remember PDF uh, probably because I'm thinking about messaging them right now while I'm thinking about it <laughs> fucking multitask bro it's okay yep awkward, awkward fucking Colin did his homework right that's why you never hear him so at least this at least this is relevant yep so <laughs> so as as of right now as of recording so we're looking at uh, the evening of October twentieth. They are 45% funded with 27 days ago. Yep, and they are officially um, – uh, Kickstarter has uh, – so Kickstarter is a crowdfunding website where basically you're, you you walk out and you say, hey, I got – I have an idea for this project. This is what I think it will cost me to do it. Um, if you back it, 
you will get sort of the first run of things, right? And so um, they've got a bunch of different different levels that you can back at, at that, that give you different rewards. And you can go all the way from just uh, – if there's any left, they had early bird pricing. For, for 10 bucks. you could get the PDF. It's a almost 300-page anthology. Um, so pretty pretty good deal at ten bucks. Um, and then after the early bird ends, it'll be fifteen dollars uh, for the PDF, and then I think it's twenty five bucks for the actual physical book. And then they kind of escalate from there. You can get prints from artists. Uh, you could get different short stories that were not included in the anthology, but um, that people have submitted to to add on to it if you uh, if you back at those levels. So yeah, it's it's a neat concept, neat uh, neat thing. And yeah. um, Kickstarter has this category that they call uh, projects we love, which means that Kickstarter itself is actually going to start um, featuring this this kick, this particular project in their in their materials. So it's pretty it's a pretty cool accomplishment for them. Um, Forty eight hours into the project, they're about halfway there. So pretty pretty dope. Happy for them. Yeah, I really want to donate to this for two reasons. One, I really want the book. Because it sounds pretty fucking cool. Right? Two, I really want to put Freaknut Studios in as a supporter credit. Mm-hmm. Because I'm wondering, so as a, you might know this more than I, uh, but a supporter credit, is that etched in the hardcover book? Uh, it would be, there's, there's probably going to be a page uh, either in the back or the front where uh, it'll be printed, yeah. If it is in the book, I think uh, Freaknut Studios might be uh, donated to this Kickstarter. Nice. Yeah, it'll be it'll be in the book. So then, perfect. We uh we might be donating to uh, Wayward Raven. Nice. And this way, I can get the hardcover because I love hardcovers, and you get the PDF. Mm. Nice. I'm into it. Right. So uh yeah uh I will uh, I'll get the link in the show notes, and then we'll also uh we'll share the link onto our uh, Facebook page as well, so you guys can find it. Uh, because it's pretty cool. I haven't met Wayward uh Wave. Wayward Raven before, but uh, I trust Joey's uh, 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 taste in men. Um, and also, That's we I, I, I met Infinite Monkeys before, and I assume they're probably the same kind of people. Just uh, this yeah, weird kind of guys who love to socialize and talk about their creations. So yeah, uh, I look forward to getting them on here. If we're able to get them on here to talk about that, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the next few weeks because. Uh, this is probably going to be the first time in a very, very long time that we could have guests three weeks in a row. Oh, man. Oh, man. I, I don't even know what we'll do with ourselves. I know. That's going to be a lot of fucking chit-chat. So much chit-chat. But, hey, at the price we don't got to think of shit to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Right? I, because following that is fucking Thanksgiving. Oh, man. I don't have I to love be, Thanksgiving. I don't have to be creative for, like, a month. Nice. Ah, heaven. Anyways, uh, we're going to talk about our perfect uh, Halloween, but before we do that, I remind you guys that this episode of This Freaky Show is brought to you by CarterComics.com. Guys, if you're looking for a one-stop shop to get all your comic needs, whether it be raw or uh, graded, CarterComics.com is the best place for you to go. You can find anything from the 9.8s that you've been dying to find, or even the uh, flip-through raw ones that uh, you just kind of want to sit there and poop with. Either way. They're all there on CarterComics.com, not only on their website, but also at the four different eBay accounts that they currently own. You can find all those on the homepage of CarterComics.com. 
fill up your cart with all their amazing products. Use a discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You'll save yourself 10% in your entire order. And I know you're thinking, Travis, you mean a promo code, right? No, full discount code, which means you can use it continuously, over and over, repetitively, on a on a, a bountiful amount of uh, orders, a cornucopia amount of orders. There's another word I'm trying to think of. To plethora. use plethora. Plethora. Plethora, cornucopia, Wait. bountiful? Yeah. Mm, maybe there isn't another one. A lot of. Mm-hmm. So make sure you use the discount code FREAKNET. Save yourself 10% on every single order of Carter Comics that you do. Not only on their website, but on their eBay accounts too. Because our code is honored on their eBay as well. So check it out. CarterComics.com. Proud sponsor of the show. I think it brought a tear to uh, Dr. Dougie's eye. Uh, when he saw the videos uh, of our cemetery vlog, which are currently available at Freaknet Studios' uh, YouTube channel, and he saw his uh, his uh, logo there at the end of uh, every video. Oh, nice! I hope so. I hope it did. Yeah, it did. As he as he sits there preparing to retire from work, to sit on the uh, park bench and feed some birds. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yep. I'm assuming that's all what retirees do: sit in benches and feed some birds. Yeah, talk to random strangers about how life's like a box of chocolates. That's right. That's right. He, a whole mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. back in my day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walking Doc uphill Doug, both ways. That's true. Doug Doug's an old fuck if you guys haven't realized that. <laughs> but no matter how old he is, the check's still clear. Mm. That's right. That's right. That's right. I don't care. I don't care if he's eight or eighty. Those fucking checks are coming in. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. And thank you, Carter Comics, for being a sponsor of the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of things you can do while you're pooping, mm. or at any other time, this freaking show is also brought to you by Audible.com. And if you want your next great read read to you by professionals, best place to find it is over at audibletrial.com slash freaknet, where you can find fantastic deals on all your favorite audiobooks and maybe some ones you've never heard of. And with this link, audibletrial.com slash freaknet, you can get a free 30-day trial and a credit towards your first audiobook. Maybe you want a, uh, a collection of Edgar Allan poem, poems. Were you, about to go, were you about to go Edgar Allan poem? I sure was. I my sure guy. was. That's my fucking myself. guy. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, maybe maybe one Edgar Allan Poe story a year is not enough for you. Maybe you want some professional to uh, to read them more frequently. Head over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Grab one for free right now. Do it. You'll like it. We should talk to uh, James Dermott and see if uh, he would have you read his audiobook. Read his oh, book that'd be dope. I'd love to. We should talk to him. I'll tweet it. I know he'll see it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will. I'll just be like, "Hey, at James Dermond, Dermond." Okay, I keep doing it. James Dermond. 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 Hey, by the way, they just agreed. Oh, wayward. Yeah, they'd love to come on the show. Excellent. <laughs> uh, let's set that up for. Uh, how about uh, we either we'll, we'll do it right now. This, this is this is some uh, this is some board meeting shit here on the show. Yeah. Well, um, I asked them uh, nine thirty Eastern time on November eighth. That works for me. If they're up for, if they're up for it, we're we're good then. Perfect. 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 
Oh, I did get a question once asking me if we're ever going to go back to doing lives like I promised, and uh, the answer is maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say a lot of things you guys should know I lie quite often. So uh, we will go live as soon as uh, this freaky tale goes out. Or um, we do the one chip challenge. Or um, any other lies I have told. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How how those uh, bring them freaking backs have been, huh? Huh, guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah look at we'll me do, now. We'll do what we do when we do it. Yeah, I do have I do have one for uh, November first, so we will bring those back to finish them off. I do have one already for November first. Actually, Excellent. I think I lost it. No, I have to rethink about it. I think I have one. I'm I'm like ninety percent sure I have one. So, well, uh, you had the idea to uh, think of our top favorite things that are Halloween related. So we are going to take this opportunity to build. Our perfect Halloween. Uh, so what we're gonna do is uh, we got we got about three different categories. Uh, we got costumes, candy, and movies. Picking the top three of our favorites of each category, um, and these if these combined create our own personal favorite Halloween, our perfect Halloween. Uh, because this was your idea, uh, you get to pick which topic we go with first, and you get to give me your first topic. Ooh, excellent! Excellent. Real um, quick though, before you do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we're doing, so we're doing our our top three favorite of each category. Is it ranked or not ranked? Uh, dealer's choice. I would like to rank. Okay. Awesome. So we'll start with three and work our way up. Now, do you? This is your decision. You want to give me all three? I'll do my all three. You want to go back and forth? Um, let's do uh all three at a time. Okay, cool. So go ahead, pick which category you want to start with, and uh, let's start from three to one. We got perfect, perfect. Uh, let's start with movies. Okay. Um, so we're, we're yeah we're doing movies, costumes, and, and candies. Yes. And well, I, I think let's go in that order just because I I feel like candy for me is like the pinnacle of Halloween. It's it's like the point. You know. You think that you think the candy is the point over the costume? For me personally, yeah. Gotcha. I, I I haven't dressed up in years. Probably since you had a Halloween party at your house. That was a good time. Yeah, that was a great time. Yeah. Really we enjoyed it. We, we need a this freaky party. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That sounds awesome. 2023, this freaky party. Yeah. Excellent. All right, cool. So, movies. Movies. Uh, so, three to one. So, my my third favorite Halloween movie is, well, you know, I mean, how how hard can it be? This is the one I had the most trouble deciding right I, I i i knew it was third but i wasn't sure if it was this or something else right yes. so i'm gonna go beetlejuice oh that's a good one yeah really enjoy it it was a it was a toss-up i'm not gonna lie it was a toss-up between that and monster house i totally really enjoyed forgot. monster house as a kid i totally forgot about beetlejuice i'm committing yeah to, i'm committing to my list but that's a good one i fucking forgot about it. especially Thank since you. i know they're making a sequel yeah, right? How the Looking forward fuck to that. I forget that. You know what I just realized? Now that I'm saying this out loud, there's a second one that's probably your number two that I also fucking forgot. Oh, yeah? What, uh, what do you think my number two is? Hocus Pocus. It sure is. Is it? God. Nails it. <laughs> I, I don't know how I forgot the two biggest fucking Halloween-themed fucking movies. Right? 
I mean, well, especially Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus, 100% Halloween themed. And that was my mindset, like, when I was thinking about my movie ranking, is am I going on movies that have the idea of Halloween in it or just scary, spooky movies for, like, Halloween times? Right, because that's I, what I thought about, too. Because if I, if I was just picking scary movies, the Babadook would be on my list. But it's not really yeah. a Halloween movie. Yeah, so so what so why did and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do your number one in a minute, but what sure, I did sure. is I, I made I made a I made a top three, but I made an alternate I made a top three alternate to replace it in case I did the wrong thing. Ooh. So we're fo- so we're focusing on Halloween based movies, right? Uh, that's what I that, that was what I did. Yes. Okay. Cool. Then then awesome because because well just on a side note I put Sweeney Todd in there, but I Ooh, wouldn't consider Sweeney Todd. I like that. Yeah, but it's not Halloween. I feel like Sweeney Todd is, a, is, is as Halloween as Beetlejuice, I think. Mm. But. All right. Well, you, you do your number one. I'm going to sit here and ponder uh, why you yeah. – I'm going to multitask here because this is what we do on the show. I listen and I think at the same time. So, Fair. So, Fair. We, got, so we, got, uh, we got Beetlejuice at number three, Hocus Pocus number two. Your yeah. number one is what? Uh, my number one is uh, – it feels like it's going to be another very obvious one – is uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I, it's really – it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and I love watching it for Halloween. I love watching it for Christmas. Uh, literally, it is a movie I could put on at any time, and I will enjoy it. So, I hate that movie so much. That's fair. I wish – I here's the thing. I wish I could like it because I, I like Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's not there's there's not many Tim Burton movies I said you know what that, I can't get into that one usually they're yeah. great I don't know what it is about Nightmare Before Christmas I I think here's the thing I think I do know now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more to me I think it's like Princess Bride mm, I did, I just too get, popular I didn't get a chance to I didn't get a chance to watch it at a younger age that wasn't my thing Sherry watched it with our dad I never really watched it. Yeah. But I think it was overhyped and talked about so greatly that when I saw it at an older age, it just didn't bring back any nostalgia for me. I'm just like, eh. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And there is that there's like a category of people, many of whom I'm I'm very good friends with and who I love dearly and, and mm-hmm. appreciate and they're great people. Uh but Nightmare Before Christmas was their personality in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah. know, some people just pick a thing and make it their personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I, and here's the thing. So as far as not, so as as far as beer juice, hocus pocus, I'm bored 100. percent The thing about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I w- if it came to a point where like I was in a relationship with somebody and they had a fucking child and their child loved that fucking movie and they wanted to sit down and watch it, I will sit down and I will watch it. If I had a girlfriend who wanted to sit down and watch it, I will watch it. But it's not the kind of movie that I'm going to sit there on a on a sun on a rainy Sunday fall day and be like, I'm gonna pop on some Halloween movies, and fucking Nightmare Before Christmas will be farther from my mind than fucking Space Jam would be. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It would definitely uh, on like a, a rainy Sunday afternoon, I'd put it on and fall asleep. <laughs> See, so which is my favorite kind of movie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting. Yeah. I, you know, I'm only 32, but I'm at that age where. <laughs> So so for, so for the people who have the nostalgia for those type of movies, I think that your list is fucking rock solid. Thank you. Um, mine, I it might be a little bit up and down, but so what I got is so for number three, I'm gonna go with Sweeney Todd. I'm gonna go with my original list. Nice. Okay. So Sweeney Todd's gonna be my number three. I actually just watched that a couple of days ago. Still fucking love it. And I'm talking about the Sweeney Todd, the Johnny Depp. Uh, Helen Bonham Carter uh, movie one, not 
I would love to go see the play live. And I know Sweeney Todd's being played in Chicago. And if it wasn't in the middle of fucking Chicago, I would probably go and see it. Um, but I, the musical, I've watched videos of the musical, the actual live stage musical, and it's fucking incredible. And if it's ever at the result, Rialto and Joliet, or even JJC, if it's not inside the city where I have to travel through the middle of the fucking city to get to it, I'd probably have more interest in going to it. I just, just, it's not worth the travel for me. But the Sweeney Todd fucking movie is phenomenal. Fucking love it. Um, the, the twist ending, amazing. It's a Tim Burton fucking movie if there ever was one. Oh, second absolutely. One, second one, I'm, I'm going back to Disney Channel fucking movies and the original Halloween Town. Nice. I thought about Halloween Town. Yeah, got Halloween Town. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind the entire fucking saga of it, but the, the, the original one, the first one will always be the best one, no matter fucking what. Yep. Uh, absolutely totally fucking love it. Uh, and I think again, I think it's an, I think it's kind of like how Nightmare Before Christmas is uh, with you. It's the nostalgia that you grew up with, that just kind of like you know you you you're so happy when it comes out, even though you're fucking in your thirties. For sure, for sure. Uh, number one should be pretty obvious because I mention this movie every single year on every single episode of this freaky show we do, and that's the Halloween tree. Oh yeah, I always forget about the Halloween tree. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I, I can't remember who fucking did it, but I, apparently it's based on a book and I'd never realized that until this year. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh, and also I think it's, uh, I think it's made by like TBS or TNT or some shit. So that's something I didn't fucking know. Uh, but I, yeah, I watched it over this weekend and it, it fucking still holds up for me. It's nice. one of those movies that I encourage anyone to fucking try to, try to get a listen, uh, watch on. Nice. Where, where did you watch it? I own the DVD. Oh, okay, of course. Oh yeah, I, I thought I bought this fucking one. There was a, there was a, there was one year where I wanted to watch uh, my date with the president's daughter with Will Ferrell from Boy Meets World. He played Eric Matthews. Gotcha. <laughs> um, he played the voice of Ron on Kim Possible. So he made a movie called My Date with the President's Daughter, and I loved that fucking movie too. And I wanted to buy, I wanted to watch it on like Amazon Prime or some shit, and it wasn't available. So I wanted to go rent the, or buy the fucking movie so I could own it. <clears throat> couldn't fucking find it. I'm like, how the fuck am I ever going to watch this again? So I made the right? like, if there's a movie, an old movie like that that I want to see, I'm going to have to fucking buy it and own it. Halloween yep. Tree uh, made, made the cut. Nice. So nice. I, That's uh, the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. So and it's not like a fancy Blu-ray or anything. It's just a regular old disc. I popped into the PS5 and I fucking watched it. Uh, you may be able to... Uh, Watch it on Amazon Prime. I'm not quite sure, but if you've never seen it, I strongly recommend fucking uh, taking the opportunity to find it on any streaming app uh, because it's it's just so fucking good. And not only that, not not because it's just you know it's a Halloween movie, because it's cartoony, uh, but because it it gives you the history of certain aspects of Halloween. So it, it, it's a it, it it helps you learn and shit too. So nice. apparently, apparently you can watch it. So apparently it is available currently on Amazon Prime uh, for rent. It's not a uh, Prime video. Uh, you can watch it on Google Play Movies, YouTube, or Tubi. Dope. I love it. So for any of you out there who have those streaming services and shit, uh, I recommend watching it. Like I said, it's it's really fucking cool. It's It's a lot of fun. It's not really scary. There's some creepy parts of it, but it's not fucking scary. It's a good Halloween movie, though. It'll always be my number one. Uh, so we're going costumes next. Yeah. You want to go? You want to do your costumes? Yes, yes, yeah. I, I would love to go first, too. So, 
Um, quick question for you though before I begin. Yeah. The costumes you chose are these ones that you have been before, or these are we think would be the best costumes for you? That you maybe uh, haven't tried yet. I, I actually just I so one is a costume I wore. One is a costume idea that I saw that I just think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one is a costume that um, actually Houston wore one year that I just when I think back on on best Halloween costumes I've ever seen, just like yeah. most creative ideas, it's one of the ones that's consistently on my on my top ten. And so I, I included it. Okay. So I got I got two I got two that I've never done. And one I have. So uh, at number three, uh, it's Hagrid. Ooh, uh, and there's, nice. there's always there's always been like, and every time we talk to a cosplayer, we talk about cosplaying. Hagrid seems like the first thing that pops in mind. That yeah, you'd be a good Hagrid. Yeah, big, heavy set dude, beard, hair, shit. Um, I could pull off a Hagrid. You know, I I got I got the build for it. So yeah, goofy ass dog. Uh, exactly right. Oh, uh, so if I ever, if, even even if I was to cosplay or even to go to a Halloween, if I was to go all out at a Halloween party, it would probably be Hagrid because it would be like one of those like, holy fuck, fucking Hagrid. Especially with the actor passing away recently and everything, it would be a nice little memorial to him. Absolutely. Um, number two is a costume I have worn before, and that's Paul Bunyan. Ah, solid. Uh, I remember you as Paul Bunyan. That's good yep. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's simple. Jeans, flannel shirt, boots, suspenders. Literally, it's what I wear every day anyways. It's just, I just needed an axe and a dude dressed as a fucking blue ox. hmm So, uh, it was awesome. Again, big fucking dude, beard, you know, it just, it just fucking works. Number one is one that I think the next time I have an opportunity to dress up and do something, which I'm going to guess uh, this freaky party in 2023 I'm going to mm-hmm. go as Uncle Buck. No, yeah, that's right? awesome. It, it's been it's been talked about for years. Sherry and I are huge Uncle Buck fans, huge John Candy fans, and she's been saying for years, why don't you just go as Uncle Buck for Halloween? I was like, it sounds like a great idea, but the thing is, I don't want to shave my beard away. So I'll have to find a way to make that work, but I think the next time, and maybe this Freaky Party 2023, I will be Uncle Buck. I, I don't know if I'm going to have a big-ass thing of fucking pancakes, start flipping quarters at people with warts, you know, carrying around a big-ass drill with a huge bit. I don't know. But <laughs> Un- Uncle Buck is the top perfect costume for my Halloween. Nice. I love that. That's re- that's really good. Thank you. Sorry, I'm just I'm basking in the glory of that for a second. That's, that's just solid. You- the thing is, because because these all these costumes make sense. Yeah. Well, you could um, you could borrow. I think Houston has it. Uh, Houston has a, a skillet that's like two and a half feet across. And I just I think about that that uh, that pancake flip. Right. You should have yeah. seen the toast. I couldn't even get it through the door. <laughs> that that fucking man. I don't know. Have you heard uh, the rumors that Ryan Reynolds is making a movie about John Candy's life? I have heard. Yeah, like a biopic or something. Yeah, I'm really yeah, excited. I think that's gonna be fantastic. I fucking love John Candy, and like I said, I mean these these. I'm, I'm looking at costumes that best uh, go for my structure. And they're all brown haired guys, so it just it just like it, it just feels like these would make it. Like if there were three different fucking travesties walking into a fucking party. These are the costumes they're fucking wearing. Nice, I love it. Oh, you what? Uh, what, what's your costumes? Where are we at? Yeah, so I 
Uh, I'm going to send you this. This my my third pick is one I, I saw on the internet today. I think that uh, it just cracked me up. If you ever seen the movie My Girl, uh, I think you'll get the reference. But um, it, it's a couple's costume. Uh, one person would be Macaulay Culkin as a as a young nerd, and then the other person would be oh, a sexy bee. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought that was, that's the funniest couples costume I've ever seen. Here's here's the thing, Joe. All right, so your picture just fucking <laughs> came through. Yeah. The moment you said my girl, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I fucking I fucking knew. <laughs> that's ah. phenomenal. That is fuck yeah. I'm surprised that's number three, Joe. Right. Fucking. Uh, well, it, was, it was kind of the same thing. I I thought of it last. So it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, that makes sense. Um, but it's a good one. Yeah. That's a fucking good one. Thank you, thank you. Then um, uh, my second one is one that I went as. Uh, I went with with uh, my my stepbrother on my mom's side, which feels weird to say, but that's just <laughs> the situation we're in. Um, uh, we we basically got like we like did grease paint, so we were like albino looking, and then we 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 dyed our hair pink, and then we like glued our legs together on our, on the outside of our jeans and we were like weird conjoined twins. And it was it was the weirdest thing I've ever worn as a costume, but I had such a good time uh doing Halloween that night. Um oh, like, oh, no, you you glued like your pant legs together. Yeah, our pant legs together. Okay, cuz if I'm I'm thinking about something like if you glued, glued your fucking leg hairs. Yeah, that was oh. just much. Okay, I got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. So that would, not a not a particularly fun costume. Like you can't; it's hard to picture, and it's not like a specific thing. But I just it, I had a good time doing that costume, so it was something that I had done. Um, but hey, no, you know what? It, it, it fucking works, man. You know, like how many right? how many people how many people are committing to be attached to somebody in a costume for X amount of fucking time? Yeah, like a three legged race all night. Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Right? And then uh, my top one, uh, this is my fa- I think it might be my favorite costume idea of all time because it's so ridiculous. Okay. Uh, but one year, Houston went as a road. A road, like R O A D. Yeah, just a road. He was he was in like a black uh, sweatshirt, black sweatpants, and uh, I think my mom helped him draw like road lines uh, up up and down his body. And then they glued Hot Wheels cars to him, and then he wore an orange hat that was shaped like a traffic cone. <laughs> and I how just many, think that's brilliant. How many lanes was Houston as a road? I think he was. I think he was either one. It was, he was either one big lane, or he was four lanes. I, I honestly can't remember. Gotcha. See what you should do. Now I'm gonna. I'm gonna help you add on to this. I want you to do that costume. I want you to get mm-hmm. like six fucking lanes. We need yeah. like a hundred fucking Hot Wheels, and you right? can be Dan. You could be Dan Ryan. <laughs> I love that. You could be the you could be the fucking loop. That's amazing. That's amazing. I like see that. That's that's what's cool about fucking costumes. Like, see, I, to me, listening to you, mine seem fucking boring now. Because you make because you got some unique shit. I think yours are great. Yeah, but mine are just people. You're fucking, fucking, you're, you're pavement. And, uh, nah. and, 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 and multi-people. 
and uh, a, a fucking sexy bee killing a child. <laughs> what a funny way to put that. <laughs> you are, but those are those are some pretty good fucking concepts. I, Thank you. That is fucking amazing. Hey, let's uh, let's wrap up candy. So you got uh, you right. got candy here. Candy. So uh, uh I. Yeah, that's uh, that's the order. So I actually this is this is the first time I'm I'm going to go in a different order than I wrote them down in, because um, I I realized as I was starting to say it that actually my favorite candies are the opposite of what I, or not not the opposite but they're they're in a different order than I wrote. Okay, well, yeah, uh, do, do me a favor though. Yeah. Okay. If you don't say the candy, that's my number one. When you get to number one, I'll tell you to stop okay. and we'll say number one at the same time. So I want to see because I think we have the same number one. So okay. we'll see. We'll see. Go ahead. All right. All right. So for me, one of my favorite candy bars, and mm-hmm. it's it's one of the best ones I think you can get. Obviously, all three of these are, are best ones you get on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, uh, Snickers. I love a Snickers bar. Gotcha. Snickers are good. I, I that's a that's a subject. Are you a are you a fridge freezer Snicker guy, or are you just you fine with the just room, room oh, temperature? I'll, uh, Snickers anywhere. Uh, freezer is great. Uh, room temperature is fine. I've never had a hot Snickers, but I bet it's great. I bet I enjoy it. Mm. And it sounds like a like a like a uh, an Urban Dictionary move. Got it. A hot Snickers, but I heard uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> there's fairs that should do them. Did you like fried Snickers? Oh, I have had a fried Snickers. <clears throat> it was good. Right. I forgot. I, I bet. I bet it's not better than a fried Oreo though. No, God, those no, it's a lot less. Better. It's it's more heartburn than a fried Oreo. <laughs> Let's go. Snickers is like I think the classic American choice. Yeah, yeah, I love like, the Snickers. Like, like no matter what like variety pack of candy you fucking get for Halloween, there's always gonna be fucking Snickers in there. Snickers and Milky Way, I think are right? like the, the the consistent everyday fucking candy bar when it comes to like Halloween and passing out candy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, frankly, uh, not to be a basic bitch, but uh, Milky Way is actually my second choice. I love a Milky Way. You're a traditional guy. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to candy, when it comes to Halloween candy, I love I love the yeah. traditional things. You know, give me a, a Mr. Good Bar or a, 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 what is it, the Hershey's Treasures or whatever, or a Crackle Bar. I like yeah. those too. But uh, but if I had my pick, Snickers Milky Way, you know. I wouldn't say all the way because I still have a number one to go. But yeah, yeah. Well, don't say it because you haven't said you haven't said my number one yet. So don't say it yet. Okay. Gotcha. I feel yep. like we're gonna oh, be the same. I feel okay. we're gonna be the same. Okay. Okay. So for mine, uh, mine's I think a little bit more unique than yours. But number one, uh, or I'm sorry, number three, almond joys. Ooh, good call. I love coconut. I absolutely fucking love coconut, and the almond gives it a little bit extra taste. Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a friend of mine. I don't know if this is weird or not, but there was a friend of mine. Uh, whenever we would get like, you know, like we'll go trick or treat together and shit like that. Uh, it's a girl. It's not Derek. So it ain't weird. Um, mm-hmm. if I would get almond joys, she hated coconut, but she loved fucking almonds. So I would give her the almond joy. She'd bite the almond out of it and just give me the fucking almond joy. You know, the rest nice. of it. Nice. I, I would take the coconut over the almond anyways. The almond is just an extra, an extra bonus. And I know they got mounds. I know people out there are like, well, you just get mounds if you don't want the almond. Because mounds is dark chocolate, and it just tastes different with coconut. So back the fuck up. Yeah. Well, it's like a, like my favorite cookie uh, of all time is a chocolate chip cookie with no chocolate chips. But you 
you have to make the batch with chocolate chips or else it doesn't come out right for whatever reason. Yeah. And so I feel like it's the same thing with an Almond Joy Mounds situation. It yeah. needs the almond to be right. See, and here's the thing, too. Like, so in my mind, uh, chocolate chip cookies are not as good as M&M cookies, even though they're pretty much the same fucking thing. Fair. Uh, there's something about the candy coating on an M&M yeah. that makes some, there's like a crunchiness to it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh-huh. I get uh, what you're my, saying. My second choice, and it, so if, if you have to go with the actual thing, whatever, you could call it a crunch bar. Me, I prefer crackle. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I also, I agree with you. I think the crackle is better than a crunch bar. Yeah, crackle. I think crackle has, like, has bigger rice pieces in it. Uh-huh. Um, and I love, like, so, like, whenever somebody would get, like, those those little Hershey bar variety things of, like, crackles and uh, Mr. Goodyear, whatever the fuck those things are called, uh, Hershey dark chocolate, Hershey milk chocolate, I swear to God, I will eat the crackles, all the fun crackles out of that thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I just love them. Um. But obviously, I mean, you get sub crunch bar if you prefer, but if you choose to substitute, you really don't know what a crackle fucking is. Yep. <clears throat> I right. agree with you. So number one, when we count to three, and uh, sure. I'll just say at the same time, okay? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Reese's. Reese's. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it has to be fucking Reese's. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely has to be fucking Reese's. I mean, God. Have you ever, um, I mean, oh, fuck, what is it on? There is a show... I can't, I think it's on, do you have Hulu? Yeah. Okay, have you ever watched those shows like Food uh, That Made America or whatever? No, I okay. should have. So there's a series on there, it's called Food That Food That Built America or some shit like that. Um, There's the story of the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup on that. Really? And That's awesome. I, and I loved Reese's even before, I, I, I love the fact that Reese's isn't just a regular fucking Peanut Butter Cup, but it's a fucking bunny in fucking Easter it's a pumpkin in Halloween. It's a tree at fucking Christmas. And it's delicious every fucking time. <clears throat> but when I, uh, when I go out to a tree and if somebody throws a fucking Reese's... Uh, here's the thing, though. This is just me. It has to be fucking regular Reese's. I don't fuck with Reese's Pieces, those, uh, those fucking uh, Reese's uh, fucking bars or whatever. No, none of that shit. I don't want the Reese's that have peanuts inside them. I want a regular, traditional Reese's peanut butter cup. Or if it's sh- uh, shaped like a pumpkin, I'm in. Yeah, for Halloween, totally agree with you. I, just, yeah. I, 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 I have been known to go to the the, uh, the gas station and get the other varieties, but for Halloween, yeah, give me a give me a traditional or a Halloween <sighs> shaped Reese's. Gotcha. Uh, so as, a, as a quick side note, is there a candy you least prefer? Ooh, that's a really good question. Yeah. Um, boy, I hope that it would not be included in a Halloween mix at all, mm-hmm. but a peep. A peep? Yeah, if I got a peep for Halloween, I would be very mad. I'd rather have fruit. Would you be mad at, like, a Halloween-themed peep, or you're getting, like, Easter candy peeps? Uh, both. Both would make me mad. Gotcha. My uh, my two least favorite fucking uh, candy... I'm sorry, three. I'm going to go with three. I think I'm on top of mine. One is those... Uh, I, don't, I don't even know what the fuck they're called, but they come in, like, that wax fucking wrapping paper. That like that wax paper shit, and I don't know if it's considered toffee or what the fuck it is, but like it crumbles in your fucking mouth when you eat it. Oh, I don't think I know what you're talking about. That sounds horrible. If I ever find it, I'll save it for you because right. it'll never go bad. 
I think you're the one that fucking told me the Louis C.K. joke about candy corn. <laughs> Probably. It's, it's like it's like it's like every every piece of candy corn in the world was all made in like 1970. Blah blah blah. Right. <laughs> uh, this is very similar to that. It's just it's 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 just it's just so fucking weird. Uh, second one, Whoppers. Fucking hate Whoppers. Mm, I love Whoppers, but I understand that that I, I I totally understand why you wouldn't like them. Here's the thing: I would eat a Whopper, but for some reason, if it's in my bag of Chris of uh, of Halloween candy next to Snickers and Almond Joys and Crunch Bars. Fuck that. <clears throat> I went to a friend's house on Halloween once. Uh, I was walking around with my then girlfriend and uh, uh, Sherry at the time. We're just walking around Crete. And uh, we walked past Kyle and Shell's house when they lived in Crete at the time. And they're sitting out front handing out candy and shit like that. So we sat there for a little bit. And I traded out a piece of fucking Whoppers. Yes. Uh, and fun fact, I was 22 and they still gave me candy. Fuck off. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So I'm trading out fucking, I, I traded out these fucking Whoppers for a third piece of candy. And they had their candy on like this long ass fucking dish. So I took all their candy, scooched it to one end, and I left the Whoppers over here on the other fucking side. So when people came up to grab candy, I just showed them the dish, like, take whatever you want. No one took the fucking Whoppers, Joe. <laughs> oh, man. Nobody took wow. the fucking Whoppers. Uh, third thing, eh, I can give or take. I, won't, I wouldn't say I hate it absolutely, but Smarties. Oh, all right. And the only reason I don't yeah, like that's a, that is a bad Halloween candy. I completely yeah. agree with you. Yeah, and first off, here's the thing. I love bottle caps. Absolutely fucking love bottle caps. So the chalky candies don't, you know, you know, you know I'm not Yeah, it's not your problem. Out. Your problem is not that they're chalky. Yeah. My problem is when I go to fucking empty out my bag and the fucking wrapper opened up. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Smarties, get better. Right? I feel that. Joe, I feel that. Joe, uh, <clears throat> I'm excited we did that. I'm glad we created our perfect uh, Halloween. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if I get some Halloween tree, giant candy from Uncle Buck and Reese's, I'm a, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. So I'm gonna be a liar again. Uh, we're not gonna talk about Kitley King because uh, we still got to do uh, this freaky story. Oh, nice. Yep. So. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Kitley King uh, maybe next week if we have time and stuff. But uh, we did do the vlog sure. on it. It is there. The base of the information is available on the video. Uh, we talk about the spooky parts of it. What I wanted to cover was more about uh, the uh, the Paul Russell Park side of it and being named after and all that stuff. And I think it's also the same one that had uh, – oh, no, I guess we'll talk about this. I'm just going to – Sure. Quick. I'm just yeah, gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance, uh, go check out our cemetery vlogs. Uh, me and Joe travel throughout the state of Indiana, and we uh, we visit uh, 12 different cemeteries. Uh, currently, eight of them are released, with one being released this Friday, and then next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Halloween are the final episode. So we did uh, we did Kitley King Cemetery, which is also known as Paul Ruster Park Cemetery. Uh, it's one that was released, I believe, on Monday this past week. It's a short video because it is a small cemetery, and where we were recording was kind of like not a great area to hang around in, uh, just traffic-wise. But maybe if we get throw, – throw, throw a number of likes out there, Joe, for us to revisit that uh, cemetery. Mm, 300. 300, cool. Give, me, give, give us 300 likes on that uh, show, and then on that episode, maybe we'll go back out there. 
Uh, so the park is named after the 1964 Warren Central High School graduate Paul M. Ruster, who died December 10th, 1978, of Hodgkin's disease. The approval for the park to be named after Paul Ruster came through on June 28th, 1979. Some of the first to report the strange happenings going on within the park were people who were themselves looked upon as strange by casual observers. These were the weekend warriors gathering of young people dressed as medieval knights wearing full combat gear while sword fighting and jousting around the green spaces of Ruster Park. These were the early days of the Dungeons and Dragons phenomenon in the 1980s, involving fantasy role-playing groups that met on a regular basis in the park. These groups began to report strange sights and sounds coming from the periphery. That's not right. Yeah, per- periphery. I think. Okay, periphery of the park's boundaries that would often stop participants in their tracks. Sometimes these spooky sounds would drive the groups from the park in fear. Soon the ghostly rumors made the rounds among Indianapolis paranormal groups that Paul Ruster Park was a hot spot for paranormal activity and allegedly allegedly haunted area. Paranormal investigators declared that these unexplained occurrences were emanating from a nearby abandoned family cemetery, a mere stone throws from the new park. See, if we read that before, we probably would have found it last summer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh Kitley King Cemetery, located at, located at 11,000 East Prospect Street, just east of German Church Road, is in the area of woods located on the southeastern edge of the soccer field complex, located within Ruster Park. Although located on a busy Prospect Street, the cemetery located on the site of the old Kitley family farm is over a century old and only visible when standing directly atop it. Resting across from the point where East Prospect is intersected by Touchstone Drive. Yeah, this literally tell us where it was at. Score yeah, well, I think that's how we ended up finding it eventually. But <laughs> A set of six broken and weathered steps ascending from the curb is the only clue to the graveyard's existence. The steps lead up from the road into the stone-walled, squared plot of ground within which rests a smattering of gravestones in varied states of despair nestled into what looks like the foundation of a long-forgotten house. If you guys watch the video, we actually show you the video of us walking up to exactly what uh, I just read to you. And honestly, yeah, it was like we were taking stairway, a stair, a steps up to where a door would be. Uh, sadly, only two monuments remain intact. They are the John W. King from 1806-1893 and Francis Kitley Markers. Legend claims that many years ago, a 12-year-old boy living on the farm was killed while walking along the nearby train tracks. No one knows if he, if he was struck by a train or whether some other harm befell him. Reportedly, he is now buried in an unmarked grave within the foundation of his old house. Witnesses claim that if you walk the long path leading from the soccer fields through the woods to his grave, near Prospect, you could hear the boy playing his harmonica. Still other witnesses have reported seeing the ghostly image of a young boy walking down the road, and again, he is seen playing a harmonica. Again, you guys give us 300 likes in that video, we'll find that path. Maybe we could take it. Uh, probably an easier, you know, safer way to get there. Right, and we can leave our our vehicle in the park probably instead of a random cul-de-sac exactly the railroad tracks are long gone but the wandering spirit of the musical boy remains 
The spirit has been witnessed near the large fishing pond located just west of Musing Road within the heavily wooded area of the park. Fishermen had often reported the plaintive sounds. Plaintive, Mm -hmm. Plaintive, I think. Thanks, Joe. Never heard of that word before. Plaintive sounds of a ghostly harmonica hearing moving through the woods and around the perimeter of the old fishing hole, as if circling them. It is believed that this lonely wanderer is John Kitley, young namesake son of the farm's owner, who died on April 12th, 1864. Uh, while we were there, we didn't hear any harmonicas. Um, but we also didn't spend a whole lot of time there, because again, uh, where we were parked and how we found it, uh, it was very brief and quick. So uh, give us those likes. We'll go back and visit it, and maybe we can find that trail and uh, deep dive more into that. Joe, nice. I, I just I just a brief thing, and that fucking exhausted me. So I'm, I, I mean, more power to you for what you're about to do. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So I, I mean, that's all I got. So you're, uh, you're, you're up, freak Joe. Fantastic. Ooh, today's story is the Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. It is very seldom that mere ordinary people like John and myself secure ancestral halls for the summer. A colonial mansion, a hereditary estate, I would say a haunted house, and reach the height of romantic felicity. But that would be asking too much of late. Oh, too much of fate. Still, I will proudly declare that there is something queer about it. Else, why should it be let so cheaply? And why have stood so long untenanted? John laughs at me, of course, but one expects that in marriage. John is practical in the extreme. He has no patience with faith, an intense horror of superstition, and he scoffs openly at any talk of things not to be felt and seen and put down in figures. John is a physician, and perhaps... I would not say it to a living soul, of course, but this is dead paper and a great relief to my mind. Perhaps that is one reason I did not get well faster. You see, he does not believe I am sick. And what can one do? If a physician of high standing and one's own husband assures friends and relatives that there really is nothing the matter with one but temporary nervous depression, a slight hysterical tendency, what is one to do? My brother is also a physician, and one of high standing, and he says the same. So I take phosphates or phosphites, whichever it is, and tonics and journeys and air and exercise, and am absolutely forbidden to work until I am well again. Personally, I disagree with their ideas. Personally, I believe that congenial work with excitement and change would do me good. But what is one to do? I did write for a while, in spite of them, but it does exhaust me a good deal, having to be so sly about it, or else meet with heavy oppression. I sometimes fancy that my condition, if I had less opposition and more society and stimulus, but John says that the very worst thing I can do is to think about my condition, and I confess it always makes me feel bad. So I will let it alone and talk about the house. The most beautiful place. It is quite alone, standing well back from the road, quite three miles from the village. It makes me think of English places that you read about, 
for there are hedges and walls and gates that lock and lots of separate little houses for the gardeners and people. There is a delicious garden. I never saw such a garden, large and shady, full of box-bordered paths and lined with long, grape-covered arbors with seats under them. There were greenhouses, too, but they are all broken now. There was some legal trouble, I believe, something about heirs and co-heirs. Anyway, the place has been empty for years. This spoils my ghostliness, I'm afraid, but I don't care. There's something strange about the house. I can feel it. I even said so to John one moonlit evening, but he said what I felt was a draft and shut the window. I get unreasonably angry with John sometimes. I'm sure I never used to be so sensitive. I think it is due to this nervous condition. But John says if I feel so, I shall neglect proper self-control, so I take pains to control myself, before him at least, and that makes me very tired. I don't like our room one uh, a bit. I wanted one downstairs that opened on the piazza and had roses all over the window and such pretty old-fashioned chintz hangings, chintz hangings, but John would not hear of it. He said there was only one window and not room for two beds, and no near room for him if he took another. He's very careful and loving and hardly lets me stir without special direction. I have a schedule and prescription for each hour in the day. He takes all care for me, so I... Barely, I feel basely ungrateful not to value it more. He said we came here solely on my account, that I was to have perfect rest and all the air I could get. Your exercise depends on your strength, my dear, said he, and your food somewhat on your appetite, but air you can absorb all the time. So we took the nursery at the top of the house. It is a big, airy room, the whole floor nearly, with windows that look all ways and air and sunshine galore. It was a nursery first, and then a playroom and gymnasium, I should judge. For the wall windows are barred for little children, and there are rings and things in the walls. The paint and paper look as if a boys' school had used it. It is stripped off, the paper, in great patches all around the head of my bed about as far as I can reach, and in a great place on the other side of the room, low down. I never saw a worse paper in my life. One of those sprawling, flamboyant patterns committing every artistic sin. It is dull enough to confuse the eye in following, pronounced enough to constantly irritate and provoke study, and when you follow the lame, uncertain curves for a little distance, they suddenly commit suicide, plunge off at outrageous angles, destroy themselves in unheard-of contradictions. The color is repellent, almost revolting, a smoldering, unclean yellow, strangely faded by the slow-turning sunlight. It is a dull yet lurid orange in some places, a sickly sulfur tint in others. No wonder the children hated it. I should hate it myself if I had to live in this room long. There comes John, and I must put this away. He hates to have me write a word. We've been here two weeks, and I haven't felt like writing before since that first day. I'm sitting by the window now, up in this atrocious nursery, and there is nothing to hinder my writing as much as I please save lack of strength. John is away all day, and even some nights when his cases are serious. I'm glad my case is not serious. But these nervous troubles are dreadfully depressing. John does not know how much I really suffer. He knows there is no reason to suffer. 
and that satisfies him. Of course it is only nervousness. It does weigh on me so not to do my duty in any way. I meant to be such a help to John, such a real rest and comfort. And here I am, a comparative burden already. Nobody would believe what an effort it is to do what little I am able, to dress and entertain and order things. It is fortunate Mary is so good with the baby, such a dear baby. And yet I cannot be with him. It makes me so nervous. I suppose John was never nervous in his life. He laughs at me so about this wallpaper. At first he meant to repaper the room. But afterwards he said that I was letting it get the better of me and that nothing was worse for a nervous patient than to give away, give way to such fancies. He said that after the wallpaper was changed, it would be the heavy bedstead and then the barred windows and then the gate at the head of the stairs and so on. You know, the place is doing you good, he said. And really, dear, I don't care to renovate the house just for a three months rental. Then do let us go downstairs, I said. There are such pretty rooms there. Then he took me in his arms and called me a blessed little goose and said he would go down to the cellar if I wished and have it whitewashed into the bargain. But he is right enough about the beds and windows and things. It is an airy and comfortable room as anyone need wish. And, of course, I would not be so silly as to make him uncomfortable just for a whim. I'm really getting quite fond of the big room all but that horrid paper. Out of one window I can see the garden, those mysterious, deep-shaded arbors, the riotous, old-fashioned flowers and bushes and gnarly trees. Out of another I get a lovely view of the bay and a little private wharf belonging to the estate. There is a beautiful, shaded lane that runs down there from the house. I always fancy I see people walking in these numerous paths and arbors, but John has cautioned me not to give way to fancy in the least. He says that with my imaginative power and habit of story-making, a nervous weakness like mine is sure to lead to all manner of excited fancies, and that I ought to use my will and good sense to check the tendency. So I try. I think that sometimes, if I were only well enough to write a little, it would relieve the press of ideas and rest me. But I find I get pretty tired when I try. It is so discouraging not to have any advice and companionship about my work. When I get really well, John says we will ask Cousin Henry and Julia down for a long visit. But he says he would as soon put fireworks in my pillowcase as to let me have those stimulating people about now. I wish I could get well faster. But I must not think about that. This paper looks to me as if it knew what a vicious influence it had. There is a recurrent spot where the pattern lolls like a broken neck and two bulbous eyes stare at you upside down. I get positively angry with the impertinence of it and the everlastingness. Up and down and sideways they crawl, and those absurd, unblinking eyes are everywhere. There's one place where two breaths didn't match, and the eyes go all up and down the line, one a little higher than the other. I never saw so much expression in an inanimate thing before, and we all know how much expression they have. I used to lie awake as a child and get more entertainment and terror out of blank walls and plain furniture than most children could find in a toy store. I remember what a kindly wink the knobs of our big old bureau used to have, and there was one chair that always seemed like a strong friend. 
I used to feel that if any of the other things looked too fierce, I could always hop into that chair and be safe. The furniture in this room was no worse than inharmonious, however, for we had to bring it all from downstairs. I suppose when this is was used as a playroom, they all had to uh, they had to take the nursery things out, and no wonder. I never saw such ravages as the children have made here. The wallpaper, as I have said before, is torn off in spots, and it sticketh closer than a brother. They must have had perseverance as well as hatred. Then the floor is scratched and gouged and splintered. The plaster itself is dug out here and there, and this great heavy bed, which is all we found in the room, looks as if it had been through the wars. But I don't mind it a bit. Only the paper. There comes John's sister. Such a dear girl as she is, and so careful of me. I must not let her find me writing. She is a perfect and enthusiastic housekeeper, and hopes for no better profession. I verily believe she thinks it is the writing which makes me sick. But I can write when she is out, and see her a long way off from these windows. There's one that commands the road, a lovely shaded winding road, and one that looks off over into the country. A lovely country, too, full of great elms and velvet meadows. This wallpaper has a kind of sub-pattern in a different shade, a particularly irritating one, for you can only see it in certain lights and not clearly then. But in the places where it hasn't faded and where the sun is just so, I can see a strange, provoking, formless sort of figure that seems to skulk about behind that silly and conspicuous front design. There's sister on the stairs. Well, the 4th of July is over. The people are gone, and I am tired out. John thought it might do, good, do me good to see a little company, so we just had Mother and Nellie and the children down for a week. Of course, I didn't do a thing. Jenny sees to everything now. But it tired me all the same. John says if I don't pick up faster, he shall send me to Ver Mitchell in the fall. But I don't want to go there at all. I had a friend who was in his hands once, and she says it is just like John and my brother, only more so. Besides, it is such an undertaking to go so far. I don't feel as if it was worthwhile to turn my hand over for anything, and I'm getting dreadfully fretful and querulous. I cry at nothing, and cry most of the time. Of course I don't when John is here, or anybody else, but when I am alone and I'm alone a good deal just now. John is kept in town very often by serious cases, and Jenny is good and lets me alone when I want her to. So I walk a little in the garden, or down that lovely lane, sit on the porch under the roses, and lie down up here a good deal. I'm getting really fond of the room in spite of the wallpaper, perhaps because of the wallpaper. It dwells in my mind so... I lie here on this great immovable bed. It is nailed down, I believe, and follow that pattern about by the hour. It is as good as gymnastics, I assure you. I start, we'll say, at the bottom, down in the corner over there where it has not been touched, and I determine for the thousandth time that I will follow that pointless pattern to some sort of conclusion. 
I know a little of the principle of design, and I know this thing was not arranged on the laws of radiation or alternation or repetition or symmetry or anything else that I have ever heard of. It is repeated, of course, by the breaths, but not overwise. Looked at in one way, each breath stands alone. The bloated curves and flourishes, a kind of debased Romanesque with delirium tremens, go waddling up and down in isolated columns of fatuity. But on the other hand, they connect diagonally, and the sprawling outlines run off in great slanting waves of optic horror, like a lot of wallowing seaweeds in full chase. The whole thing goes horizontally, too. At least, it sometimes seems so. And I exhaust myself in trying to distinguish the order of its going in that direction. They have used a horizontal breadth for a frez, and that adds wonderfully to the confusion. There is one end of the room where it is almost intact, and there, when the cross lights fade and the low sun shines directly upon it, I can almost fancy radiation after all. The interminable grotesques seem to form around the common center and rush off in headlong plunges of equal distraction. It makes me feel tired to follow it. I will take a nap, I guess. I don't know why I should write this. I don't want to. I don't feel able. And I know John would think it absurd. But I must say what I feel and think in some way. It is such a relief. But the effort is getting to be greater than the relief. Half the time now I am awfully lazy and lie down ever so much. John says I mustn't lose my strength and has me take cob liver oil and tons of tonics and things to say nothing of ale and wine and rare meat. Dear John, he loves me very dearly and hates to have me sick. I tried to have a real, earnest, reasonable talk with him on the other day, and tell him how I wish he would let me go and make a visit to Cousin Henry and Julia. But he said I wasn't able to go, nor able to stand it after I got there, and I did not make out a very good case for myself, for I was crying before I had finished. It is getting to be a great effort for me to think straight. Just this nervous weakness, I suppose. And dear John gathered me up in his arms and just carried me upstairs and laid me on the bed and sat by me and read to me till it tired my head. He said I was his darling and his comfort and all he had and that I must take care of myself for his sake and keep well. He says no one but myself can help me out of it that I must use my will and self-control and not let any silly fancies run away with me. There's one comfort. The baby is well and happy and does not have to occupy the nursery with the horrid wallpaper. If we had not used it, that blessed child would have. What a fortunate escape! Why, I wouldn't have a child of mine, an impressionable little thing, live in such a room for worlds. I never thought of it before. But it is lucky that John kept me here, after all. I can stand it so much easier than a baby, you see. Of course, I never mention it to them anymore. I am too wise. But I keep watch of it all the same. There are things in the paper that nobody knows but me, or ever will. 
Behind that outside pattern, the dim shapes get clearer every day. It is always the same shape, only very numerous. And it is like a woman, stooping down and creeping about behind that pattern. I don't like it a bit. I wonder, I begin to think, I wish John would take me away from here. It is so hard to talk with my John about my case, because he is so wise and because he loves me so. But I tried it last night. It was moonlight. The moon shines in all around just as the sun does. I hate to see it sometimes. It creeps so slowly and always comes in by one window or another. John was asleep, and I hated to waken him. So I kept still and watched the moonlight on that undulating wallpaper till I felt creepy. The faint figure seemed to shake the pattern just as if she wanted to get out. I got up softly and went to feel and see if the paper did move. And when I got back, John was awake. What is it, little girl? he said. Don't go walking about like that. You'll get cold. I thought it was a good time to talk, so I told him that I really was not gaining here, and that I wished he would take me away. Why, darling, said he, our lease will be up in three weeks, and I can't see how to leave before. The repairs are not done at home, and I cannot possibly leave town just now. Of course, if you were in any danger, I could and would, but you really are better, dear, whether you can see it or not. I am a doctor, dear, and I know. You are gaining flesh and color. Your appetite is better. I feel really much easier about you. I don't weigh a bit more, said I, nor as much. And my appetite may be better in the evening when you are here, but it is worse in the morning when you are away. Bless her little heart, he said with a big shrug, a big hug. She shall be as sick as she pleases, but now let's improve the shining hours by going to sleep and talk about it in the morning. And you won't go away? I asked gloomily. Why, how can I, dear? It is only three weeks more, and then we will take a nice little trip of a few days while Jenny is getting the house ready. Really, dear, you are better. Better in body, perhaps. I began, and stopped short, for he sat up straight and looked at me with such a stern, reproachful look that I could not say another word. My darling, said he, I beg of you, for my sake and for our child's sake, as well as for your own, that you will never for one instant let that idea enter your mind. There is nothing so dangerous, so fascinating, so uh, to a temperament like yours. It is a false and foolish fancy. Can you not trust me as a physician when I tell you so? So, of course, I said no more on that score, and we went to sleep before long. He thought I was asleep at first, but I wasn't, and lay there for hours trying to decide whether that front pattern and the back pattern really did move together or separately. On a pattern like this, by daylight, there is a lack of sequence, a defiance of law that is a constant irritant to a normal mind. The color is hideous enough and unreliable enough and infuriating enough, but the pattern is torturing. You think you have mastered it, but just as you get well underway in following it, it turns back summer, a back somersault and there you are, 
It slaps you in the face, knocks you down, and tramples upon you. It's like a bad dream. The outside pattern is a floral arabesque, reminding one of a fungus. If you can imagine a toadstool and joints, an interminable string of toadstools budding and sprouting in endless convolutions, why, it is something like that. That is, sometimes, there is one marked peculiarity about this paper, a thing nobody seems to notice but myself, and that is that it changes as the light changes. When the sun shoots in through the east window, I always watch for that first long, straight ray. It changes so quickly that I never can quite believe it. That is why I watch it always. By moonlight, the same moon shines in all, in all night when there is a moon. I wouldn't know it was the same paper. At night, in any kind of light, in twilight, candlelight, lamplight, and worst of all, by moonlight, it becomes bars. The outside pattern, I mean. And the woman behind it is as plain as can be. I didn't realize for a long time what the thing was that showed behind, that dim sub-pattern. But now I am quite sure it is a woman. By daylight, she is subdued, quiet. I fancy it is the pattern that keeps her so still. It is so puzzling. It keeps me quiet by the hour. I lie down ever so much now. John says it is good for me and to sleep while I can. Indeed, he started the habit of making me lie down for an hour after each meal, and it is that it is a very bad habit, I am convinced, for you see, I don't sleep. And that cultivates def uh, deceit, for I don't tell him that I'm awake. Oh, no. The fact is, I am getting a little afraid of John. He seems very queer sometimes, and even Jenny has an inexplicable look. It strikes me occasionally just as a scientific hypothesis, that perhaps it is the paper. I've watched John when he did not know. I was looking, and come into the room suddenly on the most innocent excuses. I've caught him several times looking at the paper. And Jenny, too. I cut Jenny with her hand on it once. She didn't know I was in the room, and when I asked her in a quiet, a very quiet voice, with the most restrained manner possible, what she was doing with the paper. She turned around as if she had been caught stealing and looked quite angry, asked me why I should frighten her so. Then she said that the paper stained everything it touched, that she had found yellow smooches in all my clothes and John's, and she wished we would be more careful. Did not that sound innocent? But I know she was studying the pattern and I am determined that nobody shall find it out but myself. Life is very much more exciting now than it used to be. You see, I have something more to expect, to look forward to, to watch. I really do eat better, and am more quiet than I was. John is so pleased to see me improve. He laughed a little the other day, and, I sa and said I seemed to be flourishing in spite of my wallpaper. I turned it off with a laugh. I had no intention of telling him it was because of the wallpaper. He would make fun of me. He might even want to take me away. I don't want to leave now until I've found it out. There's a week more, and I think that will be enough. I'm feeling ever so much better. 
I don't sleep much at night, for it is so interesting to watch developments, but I sleep a good deal in the de- deal in the daytime. In the daytime, it is tiresome and perplexing. There are always new shoots on the fungus, and new shades of yellow all over it. I cannot keep count of them, although I have tried un- uh, conscientiously. It is the strangest yellow, that wallpaper. It makes me think of all the yellow things I ever saw. Not beautiful ones like buttercups, but old, foul, bad yellow things. But there's something else about that paper. The smell. I noticed it the moment we came into the room, and with so much air and sun, it was not bad. Now we have had a week of fog and rain, and whether the windows are open or not, the smell is here. It creeps all over the house. I find it hovering in the dining room, skulking in the parlor, parlor, hiding in the hall, lying in wait for me on the stairs. It gets into my hair. Even when I go to ride, if I turn my head suddenly and surprise it, there's the smell. Such a peculiar odor, too. I spent hours trying to analyze it to find what it smelled like. It is not bad at first, and very gentle, quite the subtlest, most enduring odor I have ever met. In this damp weather, it is awful. I wake up in the night and find it hanging over me. It used to disturb me at first. I thought seriously of burning the house to reach the smell. But now I'm used to it. The only thing I can think of is that it is like the color of paper, a yellow smell. There's a very funny mark on the wall, low down near the mop board, a streak that runs round the room. It goes behind every piece of furniture, except the bed, a long, straight, even smooch, as if it had been rubbed over and over. I wonder how it was done and who did it, and what they did it for. Round and round, round and round and round, it makes me dizzy. I really have discovered something at last. Through watching so much at night when it changes so, I have finally found out. The front pattern does move, and no wonder the woman behind shakes it. Something I th- sometimes I think there are a great many women behind, and sometimes only one. And she crawls around fast, and her crawling shakes it all over. Then, in the very bright spots, she keeps still. And in the very shady spots, she just takes hold of the bars and shakes them hard. And she is all the time trying to climb through. But nobody could climb through that pattern. It strangles so. I think that is why it has so many heads. They get through, and then the pattern strangles them off and turns them upside down and makes their eyes white. If those heads were covered or taken off, it would not be so bad. I think that woman gets out in the daytime. And I'll tell you why, privately. I've seen her. I can see her out of every one of my windows. It is the same woman I know, for she is always creeping. And most women do not creep by daylight. I see her on the long road under the trees, creeping along, and when a carriage comes, she hides under the blackberry vines. I don't blame her a bit. It must be very humiliating to be caught creeping by daylight. 
I would always lock the door when I creep by daylight. I can't do it at night, for I know John would suspect something at once. And John is so queer now that I don't want to irritate him. I wish he would take another room. Besides, I don't want anybody to get that woman out at night but myself. I wonder if I could see her out of all the windows at once. But, turn as fast as I can, I can only see out of one at a time. And though I always see her, she may be able to creep faster than I can turn. I've watched her, her sometimes away off in the open country, creeping as fast as a cloud shadow in a high wind. If only that top pattern could have gotten off from the under one. I meant to try it little by little. I found one other funny thing, but I shan't tell it this time. It does not do to trust people too much. There are only two more days to get this paper off, and I believe John is beginning to notice. I don't like the look in his eyes. And I heard him ask Jenny a lot of professional questions about me. She had a very good report to give. She said I slept a good deal in the daytime. John knows I don't sleep very well at night, for all I'm so quiet. He asked me all sorts of questions, too, and pretended to be very loving and kind, as if I couldn't see through him. Still, I don't wonder he acts so, sleeping under this paper for three months. It only interests me, but I feel sure John and Jenny are secretly affected by it. Hurrah! This is the last day, but it is enough. John is to stay in town overnight and won't be out until this evening. Jenny wanted to sleep with me, the sly thing, but I told her I should undoubtedly rest better for a night all alone. That was clever, for really I wasn't alone a bit. As soon as it was moonlight and that poor thing began to crawl and shake the pattern, I got up and ran to help her. I pulled and she shook, I shook and she pulled, and before morning we had peeled off yards of that paper. A strip about as high as my head and a half came around the room. And then, when the sun came and that awful pattern began to laugh at me, I declared I would finish it today. We go away tomorrow, and they are moving all my furniture down again to leave things as they were before. Jenny looked at the wall in amazement, but I told her merrily that I did it out of pure spite at that vicious thing. She laughed and said she wouldn't mind doing it herself, but I must not get tired. How she betrayed herself that time. But I am here, and no person touches this paper but me. Not alive! She tried to get me out of the room. It was too patent. But I said it was so quiet and empty and clean now that I believed I would lie down again and sleep all I could. And not to wake me, even for dinner. I would call when I woke. So now she is gone, and the servants are gone, and the things are gone, and there is nothing left but that great bedstead nailed down, with the canvas mattress we found on it. We shall sleep downstairs tomorrow night, and take the boat home tomorrow. I quite enjoy the room, now it is bare again. How those children did tear about here. This bedstead is fairly gnawed. But I must get to work. I have locked the door and thrown the key down onto the front path. I don't want to go out, and I don't want to have anybody to come in till John comes. I want to astonish him.
I've got a rope up here that even Jenny did not find. If that woman does get out and tries to get away, I can tie her. But I forgot I could not reach far without anything to stand on. This bed will not move. I tried to lift and push it until I was lame, and then I got so angry I bit off a little piece at one corner. But it hurt my teeth. Then I peeled off all the paper I could reach standing on the floor. It sticks horribly, and the pattern just enjoys it. All those strangled heads and bulbous eyes and waddling fungus growths just shriek with derision. I'm getting angry enough to do something desperate. To jump out of the window would be admirable exercise, but the bars are too strong even to try. But I wouldn't do it. Of course not. I know well and good that a step like that is improper and must be misconstrued. I don't like to look out of the windows even. There are so many of those creeping women and they creep so fast. I wonder if they all came out of that wallpaper as I did. But I am securely fastened now by my well-hidden rope. You don't get me out the, in the road there. I suppose I shall have to get back behind the pattern when it comes night, and that is hard. It is so pleasant to be out in this great room and creep around as I please. I don't want to go outside. I won't, even if Jenny asks me to. For outside, you have to creep on the ground, and everything is green instead of yellow. But here, I can creep smoothly on the floor, and my shoulder just fits in that long smooch around the wall, so I cannot lose my way. Why, there's John at the door. It is no use, young man, you can't open it. How he does call and pound, now he's crying for an axe. It would be a shame to break down that beautiful door. John, dear, said I in the gentlest voice. The key is down by the front steps under a plantain leaf. That silenced him for a few moments. Then he said very quietly indeed, Open the door, my darling. I can't, said I. The key is down by the front door under a plantain leaf. And then I said it again, several times, very gently and slowly. and said it so often that he had to go and see, and he got it, of course, and came in. He stopped short by the door. What is the matter, he cried. For God's sake, what are you doing? I kept on creeping just the same, but I looked at him over my shoulder. I've got out at last, said I, in spite of you and Jane, and I've pulled off most of the papers so you can't put me back. Now why should that man have fainted? But he did, and right across my path by the wall so that I had to creep over him every time. The end. We, uh, what are you freaking thinking about, Joe? Um, what am I freaking thinking about? Probably, honestly, just House. I've just been watching House still. I'm almost done with what I want to watch. The what? Uh, House, MD. I've, oh, okay, Maybe I haven't mentioned it on here before. No. You never mentioned it, but uh, I'm glad you're watching it because that's a great fucking show. Yeah, I've been I've been doing a rewatch for the past week or so. Uh, just wanted something, wanted something to watch, but not something new to watch. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it's been good. I'm I'm almost I'm I'm a little over halfway through the fourth season, and um, it's probably where I'll stop is after the fourth season because it, it the quality of the writing has gone downhill, and uh, you could tell that this came out during the writer's strike. <laughs> Let's put there it was, that way. There's times that I, I'd probably watch this series of House like maybe three times all the way through. And I've noticed, like, it's not just with how it's with, with, with any series that I watch and rewatch again. I seem to remember, like, season one episodes that I think were, like, through a span of, like, four seasons, but they're all in the first season. So, uh, so our new job, and it's great. I'm happy. And uh, I look forward to starting a new career at this new company. So... Nice. Uh, first week there, so just a lot of training and shit like that, so, yeah. Good deal. I'm glad you're enjoying it so far. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Uh, during the month of October, Cartoon Joe isn't here with us. Uh, you're here to take his place uh, so we can talk about Halloween stuff. But I know there are listeners out there that still want to catch Cartoon Joe, so uh can they go? If you need Cartoon Joe in your life, you can find him over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find them on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Perfect. Guys, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching this freaking show. Make sure you go over to the FreakNet Studios YouTube page. Um, and, uh, oh my god, I hate computers. Sure, whatever, dick. Why the fuck would a computer ask me a question? Yes, I said yes, you dick-ass fucking computer. Holy hell. I don't know. It's the worst. I, was, I, was like, I, I guess something's downloading in the background, but it wants to pop up in the middle of my fucking show. They ask me if I want to fucking do something. Like, what do I give a fuck what you do? HP Smarties? Hmm. <laughs> Go to our Freaknet Studios YouTube page and check out the Freaky Cemetery tour that we did uh, this uh, this past summer as we checked out the haunted cemeteries of Indiana. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell there too as well because we are releasing them throughout the entire month of October. And of course, you can catch our episodes as they release on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean just by searching this freaking show. Guys, that's all I have. So as always, I am Travesty. And I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaky.